You're listening to the Flip Houses Like a Girl podcast, where we educate, empower, and celebrate everyday women who are facing their fears, juggling family and business, embracing their awesomeness, and wholeheartedly chasing their dream of flipping houses. Each episode delivers honest-to-goodness tools, tips, and strategies you can implement today to get closer to your first or next successful house flip. Here's your spiky-haired, breakfast taco-loving host, house-flipping coach, Debbie DeBeery. Hey there. Thanks for hanging out with us today. So on today's episode, I am talking to Sophie in Atlanta, and she is walking us through her first flip journey. All right. She made a $65,000 profit and this was a huge renovation, $170,000 renovation on her first flip. Incredible. So we get to hear all about how she found the deal, how she financed it using a combination of hard money and private money to fund it all. Plus how she handled the challenges that came up, how she problem solved and so much more. All right. You're going to love her. She's super smart, speaks five languages, is originally from Belgium, just really interesting person. And I can't wait to share her story with you. All right, let's get into it. Okay. Awesome. So you want to just start with, uh, introducing yourself and letting us know, your name and where you are and just a little bit about you and like your history and what you, what, like what your background is. Okay. All right. So my name is Sophie. I live in um, a suburb of Atlanta, Decatur in Georgia. And I flipped a house in Atlanta, in the city of Atlanta. Um, I'm originally from Belgium, but I've lived here in the States for 11 years. And this was my first official flip. But um, I actually flipped my apartment that I used to own in Belgium and used the profit that I made from that flip to move to the U.S. So it was a very, uh, you know, motivating thing to keep. Yes. Yeah, that's really cool. What brought you to the States? I originally came here uh, to start a business, uh, a a relocating business to support expats. Um, And that didn't work out, but I stayed here and, you know, I got married and divorced, but I'm still here. (laughs) Okay. And so what's your background? Like, what kind of work do you do? Okay. So my background, um, I would say I'm a linguist. Originally, I was a translator. Um, I speak like five languages, Mm -hmm. but I used to, um, yeah, translate for a very long time. Uh, I actually, during the pandemic, I uh, managed a project in my house. We had a flood. And so we had to redo the kitchen and the bathroom. And I really enjoyed that so much. And I was so miserable at my job. And I thought, I mean, it's really clear. This is what I need to be doing. I just mm-hmm. need to figure a way to do it. And I mm-hmm. always used to tell my ex-husband that I wanted to flip. And he was interested in it as well. But it just never, um, you know, it never works out for us to do it together. And so... Um, I, I joined your program. I, it just popped up on my Facebook and I was like, ah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, the house that you flipped is, your first flip is like, so charming. 
Like it is with the front porch and it's so cute. We don't have very many craftsman style homes. I would love to do a craftsman style home. Yeah. Uh, you did such a fantastic job. So Thanks. let's talk. You're welcome. Let's talk about, let's talk about that project. Like, how did you find it? So I actually found it on the MLS. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it and I saw the price that it was offered at, I used to live not in that neighborhood because that neighborhood is, um, I, li- I used to live in a neighborhood just north of that, on the other side of the railway tracks. But it's just um, I in the same street, the continuation like mm. of the street. So I, I know that area very, very well. And I knew that it's been com- up and coming for a few years. And mm-hmm. I knew that that was a really, really great deal. And so that's why I just... And I had just decided um, at the time that I just needed to start making offers. So you, okay. Was this a new listing that popped up or had it just been sitting on the market for a while or what got your attention? No, it just, it popped up and it, it, actually, it went on the contracts right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the people backed out right away. And so one of the issues that it had that scared those first people is that it had termite damage. Okay. And I knew that termite damage is not the end of the world, if, especially if it's not an active infestation, right? You just fix it. Yeah. And so my uh, real estate agent, she wrote my offer and she included that I wasn't scared of the termite damage. Nice. And Yes. And I think that's why I got it because I was so surprised. Did you write an offer the first time? Like, both, like when it first went under contract, did you write an offer then? I think by the time my real estate agent got in touch with them, it had already gone under contract and, and backed out right away or something like that. Okay. Know? Got it. Got it. Okay. So uh, termite damage, which didn't freak you out at all. You're like, that's fine. That's fixable. Um, and super smart to address that in, in the offer. Like it doesn't bother me. I'm not worried about it. It's fine. Um, okay. When you... What did you buy the house for? $240,000. Okay. And what were you estimating the repairs to be? So originally I was estimating them to be $140,000. Okay. That's a pretty good budget. But I was thinking at the time that I was going to have to redo the roof and um, and some other stuff, which um, I don't know if you remember, I posted about that. I didn't have to redo the roof, but then I had to do a bunch of other stuff. I had to move stuff around. It was still very, very I mean, it ended up being a, a total to the studs renovation, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Did your budget, did you stay around that 140 or did that change? It went up. And one of the things that I had really underestimated is um, a landscaping because that house is a corner lot and the back the parking lot with gravel in terrible shape and I turned that into a, a yard and so that and then you know cleaned up the whole corner it was it was a lot and that cost me I mean I had to go quite a bit of a budget yeah and, but that's maybe I'm, I'm running ahead a little bit but um I, I'm sure you're very aware of the time that I sold at the time when I was getting ready to put it on the market everything was still like going way over ask and everybody me, oh, you need to like push it, push your asking price. One um, real estate agent that reached out to me, she said I should ask five ninety five, and I would probably get um, 
over asking. And then another one that I knew who was a friend of a friend said she was, you know, she just sold a similar house. You know, she was, she, she listed it for 575 and got 50, like all the offers, 50 over asking. Mm-hmm. So I was really, I really, I was preparing to get that much money, but I was like, if that's the case, I really need to, you know, give them worth their money. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So instead of 140, what did you end up spending on the renovations? It was close to 170, I think. Okay. So you bought it for 240, you put about 170 into it. How long was your project? I mean, it was pretty fast because I bought the house, I closed on it on December 17. Then I got COVID and I was for a few weeks. And then I got my permits uh, beginning of January. Late January, we started demo and the house was on the market on May 25th. Yeah, that's pretty fast for $170,000 project. <laughs> that's a really hefty amount. Yeah. Um, okay. So you mentioned that you were initially going to have to put, uh, change the roof, but you didn't have to do that. What were the other surprises that came up that you had to do in place of the roof? Okay. So um, a small one, but still uh, there was a hidden chimney in one of the roofs uh, in one of the walls i'm sorry and i i had that wall because it was two large bedrooms and i and i installed a bathroom a jack and jill bathroom in between those two but there was a chimney in in the wall so we had to take that down and then we had to fix the floor and on the flooring and everything of course and um then the it turned out that the um the hvac system it looked really recent but it was in terrible shape the inside and outside unit was not the same size so it didn't oh, match gosh. yeah and then the, there was damage to the the tubes i'm sorry the oh the ducks the ducks yes, the yeah. duct work uh-huh yes and so yeah we had to redo the whole whole thing and then there was also um the sewage the, sewage, the outside sewer line had to be replaced yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Stuff that you can't see. I hate those. <laughs> I spend so much money on things nobody sees because it's like all the underground stuff. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, yeah, those are some big surprises. And was there anything else? Any other challenges? You got it sounds like you got your permits pretty quickly. Yes, and that's one thing that I was really lucky because the house was um it was less than 1500 square feet and all the work that I applied for was inside work. So they have this thing in the city of Atlanta where it's called an express permit, which in theory, in theory, you can get it in 24 hours. Of course, it's not 24 hours, it's more closer to a week, but it's still not weeks and weeks that you have to wait. So I was really, really fortunate with that. Okay. We talked about challenges. Oh, duh. Okay. So you paid 240 for it. You your renovation was 170,000. How did you finance everything? Okay. So I got, um, a hard money lender. Okay. And that was, um, Kiavi. Mm-hmm. I think it used to be called lending home. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, they, they really didn't have any problems with me being a first time flipper. Nice. And, um, also they were not interested in knowing, how or you know where the the rest of the money was coming from as long as I 
I had it. So that's, yeah, that's really, I think it really important for a first time flipper. It's really easy that yeah. way. So meaning you didn't have to have like a certain amount of money in your account for so long and like tell them where that came from and that sort nope. of thing. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Nothing like that. So. And did you finance the purchase and the renovations through them? Yes. And of course I had gap funding. I needed gap funding and I found two ladies from, uh, from our group. Oh, nice. I don't know if I should say their names or not, but uh, maybe just their first name, uh, Angie and Kristen. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 40 and 20. That's Um, awesome. Yes. Wow. I love that. I love that. That's so cool. That's so yes, cool. I mean, that's, I think, one of the most valuable things of being part of this, you know, community of women is, yeah. Gosh, isn't that awesome? Yeah. I love it. I know every time we just had somebody yesterday, every time somebody emails in saying, hey, I, put, I want to add my name to the private lender list. It's like, oh, gosh. Right. It's like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Yes. Oh man. Okay, cool. Now. Okay. So then, oh, when you bought it in December, what was the ARV at that time? Like what were comps selling for in December? Renovated comps selling in December. Well, the ARV that um, we, um, uh, we estimated with my real estate agent was Mm -hmm. 550. Okay. But uh, my lender actually, at the last minute, revised it much, much lower. They revised it to 475, which means that they, that changed uh, how much money they were lending me. And I had to come up with much more cash at closing. But yeah. Got it. Yeah, that does matter. Um, okay, so... The comps at the time suggested 550, but the but the appraisal from the lender they saw the comps suggesting 475. Um, yes. Now, the, did the comps say suggest 450? I mean, 550, or was your realtor kind of adding some padding, thinking you know in a few months it'll be this? No, I think she just uh, it was based on you know taking into account that it, this was going to be a fully renovated house. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I'm seeing, I'm just seeing a lot of realtors misguiding people <laughs> right? Yes. out in the world where it's like, well, there's a $200,000 price reduction because they started $200,000 too high, right? It's not because the market's tanking. They started way too high. Yes. So I just wanted to clarify that. Okay. So you thought it was going to be 550. And then when you go to list it in April, Mm-hmm. What did you, what were the comps suggesting then? And what did you list it at? The comps were suggesting, I could ask, like, I mean, another real estate agent told me, like I said, 595. My agent was saying, let's just be more conservative and do 575. Um, So I, I felt better about that. So I said, okay, let's do 575. But all of a sudden, um, and and this was based on comps selling for six hundred and three, um, you know, like even one in the same street that was very similar, not as recently renovated, but also not on corner like mine was, that sold for six twenty something. So we felt we were being conservative, but and there was very low inventory mm-hmm. in um, in the neighborhood at the time, but all of a sudden 
um, a few houses came up that were much cheaper. And they, they weren't completely renovated, but they were quite similar in size and everything. So we sat on the market for not very long, actually for a few days, and went on the, mar- on the contract for five seventy five. But the, they were first-time homebuyers, and um, they, um, they loved that everything was new. But then when the um, inspection mm-hmm. happened, um, they, they didn't like the way that the termite damage had been addressed in the crawl space, which was done by the previous people. And, um, and they backed out. They didn't even like try to negotiate the price down or anything like that. They just freaked out. They panicked. Yeah. 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 Oh gosh. That's, that's really frustrating. It's really frustrating when they back out. It's like, oh man, you worry about what other buyers are going to think. And yes. Yeah. Okay. So then you've got to go back on market, which is scary. Yes. And what happens then? Um, So. We went back on the market and there was very little um, interest. Mm. It was like almost nobody coming to see it. And I was really starting to to get worried because um, I was already, you know, it was already going to take me over my six months, which was my agreement with my private money lenders. And, you know, and also for myself, my, my personal financial situation had changed and I really wasn't in a position to keep paying my carrying costs for a very long time. So um, so my real estate agent suggested we just slash it. But she said, yeah, if you slash the price, you have to do at least 25000 because uh-huh. otherwise, you know, it's not going to make a difference. And I said, okay, you know, because 550 was what I was thinking originally anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, so we, we brought it down to 550 and then it went on a contract within a few days again. And again, at the at their inspection, they brought up the issue with the way that the um, that the termite damage was fixed in the crawl space, and they asked for a, an, another ten thousand dollar concession. And I felt like they were really pushing it because I had just cut it twenty five already. But at the same time, I didn't want to go back on the market having you know have two people back out and 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 I didn't want to be greedy I felt you know I'm still you know I'm still making money and it's still a great experience so so fact for it was <laughs> yeah sometimes and I'll and, and more times than not for me I'm just like okay sure <laughs> like let's just be done right like yeah be grateful be done and move on yeah yeah yeah. I totally get that. Okay, so you sold for four four uh, five forty. Yes. And were there any other? Was there anything that came up during anything else during escrow, or what? From that point to closing, was it pretty pretty much smooth sailing? No, it was smooth sailing. Yeah. Nothing. Okay. Awesome. And what did your profit end up being? It's uh, around sixty five thousand. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sophie, that's amazing. Yeah, it's not bad for a first flip. <laughs> no, it's not bad for a first flip. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I, I got to tell you, I've never worked this hard in my life. I, I managed the pro- project myself completely. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, I did it um, 
my former employer was the general contractor, but mm-hmm. I managed the project. And so um, I there was a time, I think, from the end of March through the time when it went on the contract, I worked every day. Mm-hmm. Getting and all the details done. Day I took a day off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just, you know, being there when the when the subs are there to just you know make sure that everything happens the way it needs to be running through Lowe's and Home Depot and yeah yeah and, and hauling away so much I did that all the all the the debris I hauled it away and took it to the dump myself uh-huh. yeah that's a lot <laughs> but I I loved it I mean I loved every minute yes okay absolutely. so yeah. will you be do you want to be that hands on on the next one as well. Maybe not that hands-on, but also I'm not sure that the next one I want to do a total gut renovation that needs all the new systems. <laughs> I really have a great team around me. I wouldn't have been able to do it. It's so. all about that. It's all yeah. about the team. Absolutely. This is yeah. It's not a. It's not an individual sport for sure. Yeah. So, what were some of your fears going into flipping houses? It's just figuring out. All the things that you've never done before, yeah, and being terrified that you're gonna do something wrong, yeah, <laughs> yep. But that's another thing where it's so valuable to be part of this community. And again, I wouldn't have been able to do it just, you know, being able to reach out to some of the ladies here in Georgia who, who have done it or who were in the middle of doing it, and just, you know, have them give me the play-by-play of stuff that's, you know, afterwards it doesn't seem so complicated. But just if you have never done it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And and there's so much learning that happens in the doing that you you just have to jump in and do. Yeah. Yeah. So are you, it sounds like you're going to flip another house. Are you searching for a house to uh, your next project or or you do you have your next project? I'm taking a little break for the summer. Good. I love that you have that flexibility to take a little break. Exactly. Yes. I mean, isn't that cool? It is very cool. Yeah. That alone is one of the biggest things for me. It's that time freedom, right? Like it's yes, not to be cliched and not to be hokey, but to be able to just say, you know what, I'm going to pause and it's going to be okay. (laughs) It's going to be a, okay. I'm choosing to take a pause and it's going to be fine. (sighs) That's amazing. Yeah. I could never go back to a regular job. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Are you doing any traveling or anything this summer? Uh, well, I'm just going to take a vacation in August, going to Florida. Um, my mom's coming for Belgium. We're going to meet her there in Miami. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Has it been a long time since you've seen her? Actually, this time it hasn't been very long. As We went to Belgium in in. A- October. Oh, but, good. Yeah. Okay. Good. I know with COVID and things, it's been a long time for some people that. Yeah. Before that, it had been like four years, I think. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Well, that's awesome. I'm, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations on your first flip. And I'm just really happy for you. And, and congratulations on being able to take a break. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Was there anything we 
about the project or anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to share? Honestly, you didn't have that many issues for such a big project. We will often spend like 20 minutes just talking about the issues and challenges people had. <laughs> right. I mean, I had, um, I did have to, um, I lost three weeks in March because the framing inspector uh, just made me reopen my floors that I had just redone the whole underflooring and leveled it in the kitchen. So, because there was a small piece of, um, and it was my fault, I forgot, but there was a small piece of vapor barrier missing. And so, and then, you know, once that happens and you just get bumped by everybody else who's been waiting, you know, and like, and they're like, you know, not happy about it. So they just put you back on the bottom of the, <laughs> of the list and then you have to wait three months, uh, three weeks for your insulation. And so, yeah. But I mean, I just took it all in stride. It's just... That's the thing. And that's maybe the one thing that I want to share with you that I learned when I was in this project. And this is why I want to keep doing it in one form or another. I love construction because no matter how terrible it seems, you can always fix it. Yes. And it's almost therapeutic to me. (laughs) Yes. No, I totally get that. There is always a solution. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, and oftentimes more than one solution. There's, it's not exactly. Yeah. I, that's what keeps me coming back for sure. The puzzles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally. Yeah. That, that definitely, I can definitely relate to that. Thank you for taking the time to share your story with us. Of course, my pleasure. Thank you for asking me and thank you for having me be part of the program. I really, really, I mean, I would have never done it without you and your program and the community that you created. So, oh, you know, we co-create it. We, everyone in it co-creates it. It's a really special place. And thank you for being part of it. Well, it was really my pleasure. I know I've been really inspired by, by listening to a lot of the other ladies and the podcast, you know, when I couldn't see myself actually doing it and I listened and I heard and I, things that really resonated with me and I, I could identify. I was like, oh, they're just like me. They feel just like me. So if they did it, I can do it too. A hundred percent that. Yes, exactly. And that's why this isn't a podcast where I just bring on a bunch of experts. I don't care what experts have to say. Honestly, I don't care. Give me an everyday woman who has just flipped her first house and let's talk to her. Cause that is like, I don't think there's anything more inspiring than that. So thank you again for taking the time to share your story. My pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, Sophie. See you in the group. Yes. Bye. See you. Bye-bye. Loved your journey, Sophie. Thank you again for sharing it with us. And I know it's going to inspire somebody. Somebody's going to hear it and think, oh my gosh, it really can happen. Oh my gosh, I really can borrow all the money I need from hard money lenders or private money lenders or a combination of both. I really can do this. Yes, you really can do this, but you first have to believe it's possible for you. Nothing else matters until you believe it's possible for you. I firmly believe we can help you get there As long as you have that belief, you can do it and it's possible for you. All right. If so, let's see if we might be a good fit to work together.
Go to herfirstflip.com, fill out the application, schedule a time with me or my team to chat about it. All right? Until next time, go out there, flip houses like a girl, leave people in places better than you find them, and make it a great day. Bye, y'all.